0: Boria, all of Leafs Nation loves you. One more time, let's hear it for the great Borea Salming. Welcome to another episode of Leafs Talk Forever. This one is going to be titled and dedicated to Borea Salming. Uh, glad to be back with you. We got Scott and Kyle back. Um, unfortunately, as you've probably have seen by our Twitter account, we did have a, an episode recorded last Thursday on what day was that? The 17th. However, we had bad audio issues, so we're going to be doing the uh, the week uh, previous and this week's together, and then join back with you next Thursday. So it's going to be an action packed one, but only for an hour because we have the Leafs game at uh, seven thirty tonight against the Islanders. Scott, last week when we did the uh, the initial taping, I kind of botched the border salmon because it was awkward for me to talk about. So maybe you want to take it. You might be better at the words. Just talk
1: about uh, a little bit in the ceremony. Yeah, so last, not last, two two weekends ago, yeah, uh, Toronto 12th. did, sorry?
0: The 12th weekend?
1: Yeah, yeah, like not the one that just passed the one before. Uh, okay. Toronto did a kind of like a, a dual ceremony honoring not only Boris Salming, but also the Hall of Famers who are being inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, so the uh, the Friday game they did both. Boris Salming, where they 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 uh, brought him out and had the fans cheer for him and and kind of mm-hmm. honored him to go along with the the Hall of Famers who were there, and it was like a special moment for him. And then the next night on Saturday they did a just a Boris Salming where they did a tribute video, uh, of his career in in Toronto and his his life after where he kind of helped the team and, and and mentored the Swedish players who have played on the team since he's retired and and since he's been involved in the game of hockey. And then they brought him back out with um, his family, and they gave him another standing ovation after that. Uh, and there was like a Leafs alumni were there, like Daryl Sittler, Tiger Williams. Uh, yeah, it was like a special special night honoring him because it was his, uh reported last time that he'll ever be able to come to North America with his declining health based on his ALS diagnosis.
0: Yeah, and and, and as we had mentioned last time and, and numerous people have mentioned, usually Toronto doesn't get these ceremonies right, so uh to see them actually do well and uh and actually honor him for two nights but one night all along with his family is kind of special to see. But uh, since then he's obviously returned home uh, and I, I don't think that there's a treatment plan that he can do but obviously spending time with his family is probably what he's doing
1: yeah so yeah I, I was I was surprised like because like you said normally I mean there is occasions but most of the time when Toronto does a ceremony they don't necessarily go all all in on it um, so there's been a lot of blunders and, and just kind of ceremonies to me that have fallen flat, but this time they, they did it right and uh, created that moment for him. Like he was crying, Dale Siller was crying uh, players Williams. on the ice were crawling, uh, crawling, sorry, crying tiger Williams. Yeah. Uh, so they, 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 they up their game a bit to dedicate to him as the greatest uh, Toronto Maple police defenseman of all time. And then, When the game started, Toronto honoured them again by having an all-Swedish lineup with uh, Nylander, Engvall, Jarnkrok, Lillegren, Sandin, and uh, Sjogren all on the ice when the puck was dropped. So I thought that was a cool touch too.
0: And and let's talk about that one for a second because, um, well, I'll keep referring back to
1: that audio that we
0: had, but last week when we talked about this, we talked about how everything had to go right for Sjogren to be in net that night. Yes. Toronto wouldn't have be to, been able to afford that under the cap if Murray and Muzzin were there. I mean, obviously, Muzzin's not, and some, Sam Sonoff got injured as well, but even with just Murray, one of the two, Murray and Muzzin, they probably wouldn't have been able to have them, or both of them, sorry, have him uh, be the starting goalie that night. So kind of special, also kind of special that he started the back-to-back on both weekends being a Swedish goalie, honoring as we know, Boris Alman, who is Swedish, so that's kind of nice,
1: nice little touch. And and the uh, the Swedish heavy uh, induction class with Alfred Titt yeah. and the the Sedin brothers. And
0: I mean, besides Detroit, Vancouver's had probably the second or potentially first biggest Swedish, um, like history. You know, what I mean, like the have the Sedin twins, Nazlin, uh, what's his name, Matthias Alman or Olin. Uh, same as uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, Samey Salo. Sal- I think he's
1: Samey Salo. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure he was Swedish.
0: Yeah, they they've had then, like obviously a, a a bigger Swedish heritage, and then obviously now with Sackman, Larson, and Pedersen, and yeah, whomever. So it just kind of all had to go right, you know, to see that. The only nicer thing would have been was uh, if Nick Lindstrom still played for Detroit.
1: I mean, yeah, like there was some stuff that had to go right, but like based on the the diagnosis in the summer and Toronto wanting to honor him, they could have kind of asked the NHL to to set it up that way. Well, they, I
0: mean, like it the, probably was. Yeah, you're probably right. Like there probably Vancouver was game they on asked,
1: that, that specific weekend so that they could honor yeah. for you at the same time as,
0: and it, it as made sense season. that that happened because the Hockey Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. So probably, yeah, some communication that's a lead to see, but it's just kind of nice to see that everything was well done. Obviously, the Friday night was also Remembrance Day in Canada or Veterans Day in the States or whatever it's called around the world, and they they did it right and all facets. That old man who was a veteran, remember, waving so happy. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like just yeah. everything had to everything that they had to do had to be bang on because obviously it was special on all accounts. So good job Toronto. And, uh, I don't even know if it's our condolences
1: or whatever you want to say to to the family. Yeah. Hopefully he, uh, he gets to stick around a little bit longer so that he could have those moments with his family.
0: Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, so Boris Salmings, we love you, Boris Salming. All of Leafs Nation play uh, that thing that played at the beginning will be played as the outro music as well for this episode. Uh, you also probably see a couple of pictures of Boris Salming on the YouTube uh, channel. Um, and yeah, as I said, we're back with Kyle and Scott. So Kyle's going to be here with his betting segment that he's queuing up. And Scott that's going to be here as well to discuss and break down all of the big things that have, wow, that have happened to the trauma police. Um, so let's get into those because we have only, what, 45 minutes to game time. Um, Matt Murray returns. He returned against his uh, former foe, Pittsburgh. First time he's uh, faced them since being traded. And he doesn't disappoint, I don't think. I don't think he's disappointed in any of the three games. Kyle,
2: you wanna want to take it or Scott talk about yeah. your opinion? Yeah, sure. I'll uh, I'll start it off. Yeah, I mean, he's just been standing on his head since we since he's got back from his injury. I'm sure none of us really expected that. Um, but yeah, the the teams he's faced have been. It's not like they've been easy opponents either. Like like you said, Pittsburgh um, twice was it? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, twice, and I think New Jersey once. Yeah, like New Jersey. That New Jersey team is unreal. So even even though he took the loss that game, I think he had like thirty five shots against and like thirty two saves or something like that. Um,
0: yeah, he had. I th- I think he had like a uh, north of like an eighty, eighty eight, ninety save percentage in all the games, and it was yeah. Buffalo, Pittsburgh, New Jersey,
2: Buffalo. He's played. Okay. Even, um, yeah, even Saturday, he was pretty good. Like, like I know all of us are gonna downgrade Buffalo a little bit, but he's still like, again, I think it was like 34 shots put against him. So, yeah, he's been, uh, he's definitely been kind of back to normal, um, with regards to like old Matt Murray, like not Ottawa Matt Murray, but like Stanley Cup winning Matt Murray. Like, if he keeps playing like this, I think, um, They'll just roll with him, and he'll get more more playing time than uh, than Sammy will.
0: It's a good problem to have.
2: Yeah, there's injuries. Other
0: injuries is something that we've always had for goalies, dating back like since Freddie Anderson. But I mean, like we haven't really had two steady goalies that can bang off three games in a row. And I mean, all, although they lost New Jersey, they still played well. I think. Like he played well, especially in all of those games. So And he was making saves. Remember that Jack U save when he like lost a stick?
2: Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah like an open end he stopped with like the palm of his blocker. Like the fact that he came back from an adductor injury, which he's had typically he's had every time he's got injured, it's basically just been a spiral effect and then just kind of whoops the behind of all these players that are that are trying the deeks or, or cr- large cross creases, and he's just getting across. It's kind of nice. Obviously, that's a smart strategy for the other team, but it's kind of nice to see that he hasn't gone down with any injuries. It's also nice to see sticking with the goaltenders. As Kyle mentioned, Sammy, Samsonov is coming back. It's nice to see that he doesn't require a whole reconstructive surgery on his knee after popping it against Brad <laughs> Marchand. But, I mean, again, I've never seen a goalie get deked down so bad. <laughs> Yeah. That was pretty brutal. <laughs> but yeah, he, Scott, you, you added to the doc, you you heard that he's going to be out for the next four games?
1: Yeah. Well, it was a couple people on Twitter. I saw reporters that said uh, the team said that he's expected to be uh, returning soon, but they don't expect him to be playing this week. It'll be next week. So he's going to miss the next four games. He is traveling with the team, but they don't expect him to play in any of the next four games.
0: So kind of nice that we're – I mean, sucks for Shulgram. It also sucks for Keith Petruzzelli because Joseph Wall's back. And I think Drayden McKay or Dry McKay is also playing well. So I'm assuming that Shulgram will probably take the bump to the AGL eventually. I, If I was Toronto, I'd keep him out for a little bit just in case there's another injury. But
1: – Yeah, you
0: have uh, to.
1: Kind of – Well, I, I guess it depends on what's happening with the other players on the team, right? Like, when Brody comes back, if Muzzin returns at some point, like there's not going to be enough roster spots for you to have three goalies. Yeah,
0: yeah, but I mean, like, after Samsonov comes back, if he comes back next week, at least for the next week after he comes back to keep Shogun, because, like, it'd suck if Samsonov got injured again after the first practice, you know what I mean? Just to have an extra backup. Um. But let's get into that. So so Muzzin's injury update is that he's got a cervical spine injury, and he's on indefinitely. He's seen a doctor in L.A., I believe, in February or January. So obviously we'll get a more, uh, I guess, narrowed-down timeline of how long he's going to be on. It could be ever. Like, it, it could be – this could
1: be the end of his career. Yeah. Which sucks for based Toronto. on that. Especially based on that tweet that Mitch Marner sent out. It seemed like it's it's more severe than... Yeah, and who done. was it?
0: David Pagetta or someone on Twitter, remember? Nick uh, LaBerga. He talked to Edge, the WWE, super, yeah. uh, WWE wrestler, and they had the same injury, and Edge had to retire.
1: Yeah, but they're... So. Not, not that it's a drastic difference, but... because. Uh, we watched wrestling at the time. I think it was like 2010, 2011. Uh, there has been other wrestlers who have had that same injury, like Daniel Bryan and uh, the girl from England. I can't remember her name. It's and Bill they like, Daniel, yeah, like they Daniel Bryan was only on for a couple of years. Not that like Jake Muzzin obviously is is older, so it's and in Honky, it's like if you come back when you're thirty six, it's a big difference. But like the apparently the not science behind it but like the medical knowledge behind it has grown since Edge got his injury so that the 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 um, like surgeries or the the wait time or the the healing of the actual injury doesn't take as long as it did for Edge. And there's more of a like a happiness towards them potentially coming back or like they won't be on as long like as opposed to when Edge had it. Because I think I think Daniel Bryan was only out from what I read anyway. He was only out, like, two years, and then that page girl also had, a like, a serious neck injury like that, and she was only out for a couple years, too, and now she's back. So, but, I mean, obviously, like I said, Jake Muzzin's already, what, 35? So, the two, three years that he's going to miss are going to be huge for his career, because that'll be retirement age when he comes back. So, if, if yeah. he comes back.
0: That's why I just get this vibe that if, he, if he's, um, like, if it's a serious injury, I feel like that's just it. Like, he might spend... What's his contract over next year? I feel like he might spend the next year on Robita Island. Maybe he'll retire. Yeah. It would be nice if Toronto could keep him on Robita Island and then use that cap space rather than have get to... The
1: cap space.
0: I mean, they, they I still, mean, get, the perish, still get the cap space regardless. Yeah, but you get to use more cap space if they get to keep him, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Like, you can use the LTIR, so it's, it's kind of nice. But... Um, Yeah, I guess we'll get more updates on that. It doesn't seem to be promising. In that meantime, though, we also have more cap space to use. We can carry more players, potentially uh, add a little bit more at the deadline depending on the the cap situation. And then going aside with that, we have TJ Brody, who was also the next um, man up when Jake Muslin went down as the most reliable. He's got an oblique injury, similar to John Tavares had at the beginning of the year, except he's not progressing well. It was supposed to be two weeks. He's not traveling with the team, and rumor has it from the coaches he's not progressing well, and it might be on a little bit longer, which, I mean...
1: I, I don't even remember, remember when that
0: I, I don't know, because he played that whole game.
1: Yeah, and yeah.
2: how? I don't, yeah. I don't remember seeing it. I All I remember I seeing... Oh, sorry, Coco. All I remember see, hearing is um, Brody scratch one game, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I thought it was just, like, out of like no reason it was going through that like stage where they were changing up lines and all that. And I was like, they're really going to scratch TJ Brody. And then later to find out that it's, it's injury related.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like there isn't even a moment in the game I can remember where he showed himself being in pain. Like, he just played the whole game like he normally does. And yeah, like Kyle said, it was just the bad game. They announced that he's out. Everybody was freaking out thinking he was just a healthy scratch.
0: Yeah, I feel like that was definitely a commonality in all of Leafs' nation to see, thinking that he could potentially be a healthy scratch and be like, what the hell? Why aren't you scratching Justin Hall, as defense partner? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, with him out, I mean, it doesn't really change much unless there's some kind of longer-term couple months that he could be out. Then, obviously, Toronto can use his gap space as well, but... I would imagine that he'll be back shortly, but in the meantime... Even with him game... out,
1: though. Sorry? Pardon? No, no, go. Uh, even with him out, like Jordy Ben hasn't played like perfect by any means. He's made a couple mistakes here and there, but I thought he came into the lineup and, and played pretty solid as coming off an injury and his first time playing like with the players on the team. He doesn't really have any chemistry with anybody. But I thought he's played pretty well since he, he's slotted in when Brody went down. That's what I was gonna to say to you was, or that's what I was gonna say in general was. In the meantime,
0: we got Jordy Ben, who seems to be playing a little bit more like Jamie Ben. Like he scored a goal, he's rushed the puck up the ice. Obviously, he's got that physical edge. Like that one hit on uh, who was that Jack, uh, Jack uh, Hughes? Yeah, and then they got a, he got called up for a penalty. But then after he looked around, like I think he thought someone was gonna to come to Jack Hughes's aid and try and fight him.
1: Obviously not, but I don't think there's anybody on New Jersey that would have fought him. Yes, brat's gonna go up to him and just fight
2: him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I don't. I don't think maybe Dawson Mercer. Apparently, he's like he's not tough like pound for pound, but he's apparently like a tough guy. So maybe got
2: some tough guys. They got like Miles Wood and like Bastion, but I guess they weren't on the ice at the time.
0: Yeah, and they also have Ryan Graves, who's like not. I mean, I don't want to imagine those guys are all Jordy Ben level tough. I feel like Jordy Ben and Jamie Ben are kind of like a different breed in that in that sense. But I mean, yeah, they. I guess technically one of them could dig in a run at him.
1: Yeah, then but, we would have uh, to argue and Mitch Marner go after them.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, um. Uh, I, I I'm kind of indifferent about this week like obviously things haven't really pushed the needle either way Toronto's looking better their top scores are I think all have around 20 points now like the top four which is nice but it's like you beat the teams you expected them to beat obviously New Jersey's kind of a rare uh 10 game game point or 10 game winning streak 11 game winning streak like that's kind of not something you see all the time but Like Just based on how the teams are playing and their trajectory, Toronto beat the teams that they should have beaten in Pittsburgh and Buffalo, which is nice to see because obviously at the start they weren't beating those teams that they should have beaten. So um, We got New Jersey again on Wednesday, and I think New Jersey doesn't play again until Wednesday after beating Ottawa, so I think they're looking for, what, 13 in a row?
2: New Jersey's on tonight. Sorry to interrupt you, Spencer.
0: Oh, they are? Who they play tonight?
2: They're uh, home to Edmonton. It'll be. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, I remember that because remember, Scott, last week we were talking about how Edmonton could be the toughest test besides Toronto.
2: I think they could beat them.
0: I hope they 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 don't. I hope Toronto beats them. I I hope they win again and then Toronto just comes on and whoops ass because, I mean, I don't even. Was Toronto winning in that game or was Toronto losing? I forget.
1: The New Jersey game?
0: Yeah, I know they lost in overtime, but we were down. We were down and came back.
2: We uh Nylander scored late.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. That's the game that it seemed like they gave up in.
1: Yeah. In the third period. Yeah. I I think we were winning one nothing though, weren't we? And then they scored two and then Nylander scored to tie late. Uh yeah, Matthew scored in the
2: first and yeah, on uh, the power play. And then they scored like 15 seconds later.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that is not I mean, again, again, um, because that's that happened. I mean, it didn't happen necessarily 15 seconds later, but against Pittsburgh, the same situation happened where Toronto was winning, and then in the second period, they scored, and then, like, Pittsburgh scored two goals in, like, a minute and a half. But um, they have the Islanders tonight. Matt Barzell got his first goal. He's got, like, 20 assists, one goal. Um. Not too much of a challenge, I don't think. Like, obviously, the Islanders play that harder, trap-style, four-check card, finish every check. But it's like, mm, I think that Toronto's more skilled than them. What do you guys think? Who you got tonight?
2: They do have some underrated players, I will say that. Like, Brock
0: Nelson. Yeah, he's got, like, 19 points.
2: Yeah, he's averaging, like, a point a game right now. And uh, Anders Lee, he's always been good. Just kind of reminds me of, like, a more physical JVR. Yeah. Just a big body. And then um I think Noah Noah Dobson's been pretty good this year. So I, I think it'll be a tough it'll be a tough night for the Leafs. Like I don't I don't think it's gonna be easy like the other night against uh against Buffalo. Buffalo. I could see it being a, a one goal one goal game.
0: Well like that's what I mean though. Like Islanders do play a tougher style of hockey, but I, I just think like if it was a pound-for-pound pound skill game, I, I have Toronto winning that one. But, oh,
1: sure.
0: yeah, you're right. Like, Brock Nelson, I think he's got, what, 19, 20 points, 11 goals or something like that? Like, he's obviously uh, playing really well. And then um, uh, Sorokin, I think Sorokin's getting the start tonight. So, he's fairly decent. We'll see how that one plays out. Uh, Shawgren's getting the start for Toronto. Matt Murray played three in a row. Shogren, so I like that one. I like going with Shogren tonight, and then Matt Murray and on Wednesday against the uh, Devils. Uh,
1: I miss you know what I miss is like I don't know why they stopped doing it or if I just haven't really been paying attention. But I remember growing up watching like the pregame shows or just even like commercials leading up to when the, the day the game was coming on. And they used to have like hype packages for like a big, big game, or like if it was two superstar players, they would be like Matthews versus Crosby, or at the time it was like uh, Yejiman versus whoever, Recky whatever,
2: uh, or like Toronto Ottawa.
1: They used to do like a whole hype package before the game of of like past history or like stuff that have happened that could come back in the games, and like these last two games against Buffalo and the Islanders, like they've done nothing. Like last game against Buffalo, they only mentioned the Delian incident like once in the second period and that was it. They haven't mentioned the John Tavares Islanders thing at all that I that I've heard going into this game. And you think like that they they used to do that all the time. I don't know why they stopped. It would draw so much more attention to the games if you built up the 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 past histories of the teams of like recent events and stuff. Yeah, market like I guess
2: games in this in that sense
1: like i didn't know toronto was playing the islanders today and then when i found out i like was looking on twitter and like nobody was mentioning the the past five years of toronto uh islanders history of Tavares coming and pajama boy and
2: even when like the first season
1: Tavares came like that's all they ever talked about it would hype up the games you were excited to watch them but then it, it just seems like they don't do that anymore
0: yeah, I definitely thought that it would have been more of a hype over the Darlene Dylan Cousins situation.
1: Yeah. The guy, and they they may have mentioned it more than once, but I only remember them. It was once in the second period when Darlene hit Matthews and Matthews fell over, and then that was the only time I remember them mentioning it. They didn't. They barely. I don't remember them mentioning it going into the game and the pregame show, even to start the game. You think they would have, like when they introduced the teams and like uh, Chris Cuthbert and Craig Simpson? Yeah. The only time I remember them mentioning it is that second period moment, which sucks because that could have been a huge drawing point for that game. I mean, yeah. it's a game in November, so I guess no one really cares. But, but still, like if you want viewers to watch, then they have to build up those yeah, storylines. But they they haven't. I don't remember them doing it even the last couple of years. I've I've seen a decrease in it happening. Yeah, it's
0: definitely definitely shocked when like. I was watching a little bit at the at the hockey game I was at, like just on some guy's iPad, and after the Dylan Cousins thing, like you thought that it would have been more, like yeah, that was even a chance for the announcers to kind of get more hyped about it, you know?
1: Yeah, and, and obviously they
0: I... shifted against each other, and then
1: yeah, like I know, like the the fighting brawling aspect of hockey is decreasing, but you could still draw attention to the games without having to, to hype it up as a brawl fest. Yeah, it's true. Like, obviously, people go there in hopes that there'd be a fight or whatever, a big hit, physical action, whatever. But like in that instance, obviously, Matthews and Darlene weren't going to drop the gloves, so you, you still could have hyped up the two teams playing each other as, like, the the rematch of of Matthews cross-checking him. Like, what's Darlene? How's Darlene going to answer? Is he just going to play his game, or is he going to try to get him back or whatever? But they never did any of that. Yeah. I uh I'm
0: surprised even like I I mean the high package against New Jersey probably wouldn't have been the best thing but just like even to introduce it as New, you know New Jersey's holding a nine or 10 game winning streak trying looks to snap it like you know what I mean get people enter, enter, entertained cuz Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It just doesn't seem like, like even the the oh, the hype pack- Sorry, the hype packages that they have is just basically, oh watch hockey on Sportsnet. I mean, it's there's just, no individual.
1: They show the players walking into their stadium and like, oh, there's Austin Matthews. People are going to come and watch him. Like, that's not a hype package.
0: Yeah. Even even
1: another, it, it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, even the game against Vancouver, I think there was one point where they said, like, Vancouver hasn't beat Toronto in Toronto in, like, five or six years or something like that. Like that could have been a whole selling point to hype up that game besides the Boris Salming ceremony and all that, which happened at the beginning. But like, and they, they just re- casually mentioned it in the second or third period. Like, it, like that's a big, that's a big stat. If Toronto, if it's true, I don't remember the exact number, but you know, I think it was like, yeah, Vancouver hasn't won in Toronto in like five years. And then they just casually mentioned it. Like it's an everyday stat that they're just throwing out to, because people are bored of watching the game on TV. But that could have been a huge selling point of, of of drawing attention to the game. Yeah. That even reminds
0: me of like the was it the New Jersey game, I think. New Jersey or Pittsburgh game when Matthew scored and then they said he's the most uh, most point getter or whatever they said. Oh most, the most goals uh, at
1: Scotiabank? Um,
0: yeah. It's like that's it. You didn't specify. You didn't specify if meant yeah. ACC or just Scotiabank Bank because it only switched two years ago, three years ago. You just said yeah, the they, point and then just moved on.
1: They just threw it down as a casual, oh, here's a fun fact, and then we're going to move on real quick. When, like, that's also a huge, a huge uh, moment that he's only been in the league for six years and he's already the most goals in Scotiabank Bank ever. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't. Uh... I don't know. It just uh, seems as though they're trying to market their own companies. Like, they're trying to market watching Sportsnet, watching TSN hockey, watching yeah. the Monday Night Hockey versus the what's different than the Tuesday Night Hockey because they have that added, uh, whatever it is, room. You know what I mean? Like, it's all about the actual where you watch it
1: rather than what you're watching. Yeah, so, or their their cool. streaming apps or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, they, um, and it, it does happen. Sorry, Kyle. Like, if there's, like, a big, like, the Anaheim, Arizona, and then the next time they played, they hyped it up a bit. But, like, when we were growing up, like, the Matt Sundin, Darcy Tucker era, even, like, into the Phil Kessel era, like, it was like every other game. There was a hype package of Toronto playing teams, of the stuff they did last season or the stuff that happened two years ago, and they were, like, trying to draw interest into the games, and I just found it weird that they don't do that anymore.
0: Yeah, it is kind of strange. Bad
2: opportunity, as comments
0: like for marketing.
2: Um, kind of off topic, but uh, I just have the TV, my TV on mute just watching the pregame or glancing over at it every once in a while. And um, you guys know that Keith Keith Yandel is now at the desk with Sportsnet,
1: yeah. yeah. I did not know that, yeah. I think he's been there a couple weeks. Oh, wow, yeah. I, I mean he doesn't great. do it he doesn't do it all the time, but yeah, I think I saw him there a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah, he was there um he started after he retired there. Um the other thing I wanted to bring up quickly before I go to the 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 um uh, sorry the Ad read in the in Kyle's betting segment is, you guys noticed that on Sports and TSN for those who are in Canada or, or America and watch on our our streaming platforms. But did you notice that they try and market like Monday Monday night hockey, and it's like that that the new quote unquote building with all the like interactive stuff, and then it's like Wednesday night hockey, and then you've got like Friday night hockey, and you've got Hockey night in Canada and it's just like the only thing that's different really is just the people who are involved. It's like no offense, I'm just no disrespect, but it's like I don't watch Sportsnet to watch a Leafs game, to listen to Keith Yandle, to be honest. I like hearing I'm be he, Sure, but it's like I like Elliot Freeman on my freaking TV every night that I watch a Leafs game on Sportsnet so he can bring up any trades, any Talks any because usually when they're saying, like, oh, what leaf or what percentage do you have? Uh, Jacob chitron coming to the leaves it's like 55, 65, zero, or 100. And then you got Anthony Stewart that's like, I'm gonna say 55, you know what I mean? And then LA firm is just like, I'm gonna say like 20 because I don't see that happening ever. And then it never comes to be because he's actually got the inside track. Yeah, it's like that's the stuff I like. Same as Darren dragger on TSM, like, I don't want to hear Dave Pullen's opinion. I want to hear. De- I don't care that he played in the NHL. I want to hear Darren Dreger. I want to hear. I know Bob McKenzie's almost retired, but I want to hear Chris Johnson. I want to hear Pierre LeBrun. You know, I don't want to hear. And then them talk about like what they think is happening because they've got the inside track on what's happening, like with the
1: players. Yeah, which I think, and as as much as I hate Don Cherry, I feel like at the time Don Cherry was on TV is like they did that right. Like the only like night of hockey that was really pushed was Saturday night hockey night in Canada. Like you could have a Monday game, you could have a Wednesday game, whatever. And like they showed commercials for it or whatever, maybe a hype package. But like hockey night in Canada Saturday night, like they hyped that to no end because it was musty TV. It was you had to be there to see what John Don Cherry said, to see what Ron McLean said, to see what was happening, who Toronto was playing, and it just seems like they do that with every game now. Yeah. And then so the the Dave Poulin's not that I have anything against these guys. Dave Poulin, Kevin Baxter, Jennifer Botterill, Jeff O'Neill's—they're on TV five six times a week, giving their opinions on stupid questions that don't really matter because every game is hyped just as much as every game now. But yeah. for their programming blocks, anyway.
0: Exactly, and it's like I—I I mean, I get it. They obviously don't want to do it every night, and blah blah blah. But it's like. I remember years ago, as you'd mentioned, like insider trading, insider trading was on the actual TV. You know what I mean? It was in the intermission. And then you have uh, like the 32 Thoughts podcast with Elliot Freeman. Like that premise was the hot stove on Saturday yeah. nights. And then they did it sometimes during the week where they're like the second intermission. Now the regular is the quiz or the burning questions which is the same thing, just a different name. And mm-hmm. they both say it's Canada's favorite game show. And then the second intermission is them just breaking it down and talking about the game. And it's like you don't have any kind of rumors, which people love. Everyone loves rumors. You write an article on on, on Toronto potentially trading William New England, or you're going to get 2,700 viewers or, or readers minimum. You know what I mean? Like people love that kind of stuff. Like people want to know yeah. who's in for who, what's going on, what players are happy, what players aren't happy, what players want to be traded, what players are thinking about going no uh, somewhere else, what players have uh, Ottawa on their no tra- no trade list. Like, come on, people love those things, and you're and you're and you're not engaging the right audience. I don't think.
1: Yeah, like you're the, engaging.
0: Uh, what audience the
1: behind? Sorry. The, no. The behind the scenes stuff that you normally wouldn't hear that yeah. like, the average casual fan wouldn't be able to partake in or, or even be involved in. And then the people come on TV and tell you it because that's what they're hearing and it draws yeah. interest. Yeah. And yeah. like I don't want to hear... Anyway. I don't want to hear Dave Poulin give his biased opinions because he doesn't like Toronto. Yeah, because they fired or, his ass? Or Kevin Bieksa with his stupid points he made the other day about the net coming off. I agree.
0: Okay, we got... I get... Uh we got to get a word from DraftKings. we also got to get Kyle's betting segment. We already talked a little bit about Shulgren. Um, We're going to get in a little bit of Nick Robertson when we come back, as well as some rumors that we've heard, not personally. No one's told us just that we've heard and seen. And we've already kind of talked about the Leafs turnaround, so we'll go into the week ahead. We've got about 25 minutes before the Leafs game, so we're going to close this thing off shortly. So, Kyle, get ready. We're going to get a word from our show sponsor and then send it over to you. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money lines on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into even bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multi-bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot to win even bigger payouts. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See notes for details. We have Mr. Kyle to do the one, the only betting segment. I'm going to throw in a little deep thinking music, and uh, you're gonna break down three or four games that you feel could win the listeners some cash.
1: You're <laughs> you're ready, turns into a smooth, smooth jazz radio host. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Make it. Right.
0: you ready for it, of course. All right, here's some deep thinking by Spenny Laz. Okay, yeah.
2: back again with the betting
0: segment. Weeks Sorry, ago. Just, just had the music up too loud.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, that's what I'm I'm just yelling into the mic. You're, you're fired. Um. Anyway, um, a couple weeks ago, I, I I don't think it was too bad. I think I went two for three. Uh, uh I don't know, either two for three or one for three. Whatever. Uh, it's a new week. Um. Okay. Okay. Easy. Uh,
1: I'm pretty um, sure he went two for three.
2: Two for three. Okay, so I actually did okay. So hopefully, hopefully, I got some people some money. Um, because Scott, you did, you did give me kudos because you did agree with my picks for once. Yes,
1: yeah. yeah.
2: And usually, you're you're pretty you're pretty good with your picks. Um. Anyways, um, uh, American Thanksgiving this week, so three games on Thursday we've got, and. Uh, Two of my picks are actually going to be from Thursday. So starting off at 12.30, um, Buffalo is going to be playing in Detroit against the Lions. Right now I'm seeing the spread at Buffalo by eight and a half. I got to roll with the Bills here. Um, last week they didn't look amazing against the Browns to come out. Um, they looked all right, but then ended up having a, good, a really good second uh, second half. Um they won thirty-one twenty-three. Um, they actually played in Detroit due to the snowstorm in Buffalo. So they're just going to be back at the same stadium. Uh, I think it's called Ford Field. Yeah, Ford Field. Um, eight and a half spread, the Bills over the Lions. Um, I think the Bills' offense is just way too good. Last week, the Lions came out and... Uh, Upset the Giants huge. 31-18. Giants are a team I don't think are as good as what their record shows. Their schedule hasn't been that tough um, from what I've seen. And I think that Bills are going to come out and win probably by 10 points. So right now, if you can the spread at 8.5. I like that for the Bills. My second game, note that one is at 12.30 on Thursday um, afternoon. So it's an early start on Thursday, November 24th due to uh, American Thanksgiving. Um, My second game is going to be that same day, but at 8.20pm. I'm going to take the Vikings, uh, Vikings by three points over the Patriots. Vikings had an embarrassing loss this week at home against Dallas. 40-3 um, to 3 they lost at home. Can you believe that? But I think the Vikings are going to turn it around. Um, especially after that embarrassing loss. I'm sure their coach has been <laughs> making, them, making them work hard after that. Um, Patriots, they're not a bad team either. But I like the spread of three. It's not a lot. And uh, Vikings at home, like i said i think they're going to turn it around i think they should cover that three and my final pick again i'm gonna go with a point spread cover because um i didn't want to just do money line this week due to the fact that i don't know it's it's easy to say bill's money line but there's no money in betting heading on the bills for money line um so i'm gonna go with uh Seattle Seahawks over the Raiders um, cover four points. This is at Sunday, November 27th. This is taking place Sunday, November 27th at 4.05. Seahawks haven't been a bad team. They've kind of surprised everyone with Russell Wilson being gone and really expect them to be in the hunt for a playoff spot. Um, Six and four record so far. Geno Smith looked not terrible. Um, he's been above what they thought in the beginning. Um, 17 touchdowns and four interceptions. That's pretty good for Geno Smith, a guy that they thought was, um, not going to live up to expectations of Russell Wilson. Obviously, he obviously isn't Russell Wilson, but 17 touchdowns, four interceptions, um, and they're going up against a 3-7 Raiders squad. I know. I'm looking at records right now. but Even just watching the Raiders play. Um, yes, they did beat the Broncos in overtime this week, 22-16. to 16, But I think um, Seattle's going to live off the crowd. Um, and who did Seattle... Seattle had a bye, bye week last week. so I guess it's this week still because there's a game going on tonight. Um, But anyways, they're going to be well rested and I think they're going to be able to cover that spread of four. So those are my picks for the week. Um, Make sure to get your bets in earlier. Um, Like I said, uh, American Thanksgiving this week for that one game I told you about was at 1230 and then there's also a game at 430 that day and 8:20. Don't miss those NFL games Thursday because they're all going to be pretty good. Um, we've got an action-packed week of uh, NFL, I think. So yeah, um, get your picks in and uh, hope you guys win some money.
0: All right, Kyle, that is a Thursday betting site uh, betting slip, right? Because I'm going to, I'm going to listen back to this podcast, write down everything you said, put my money on those games, and then if I win, I will give you the uh, this sound at the start of next podcast. If not, I will give you this sound.
2: <laughs> I don't mind. Cause be laughing. Why?
1: Because I'll be laughing at you. right.
2: Wouldn't really we so be
1: laughing like, at you? because you're the one who lost the money. That's it.
0: All right, so there you have it. Oh, gosh, sorry. <laughs> Got, this <thing. laughs> Got, this. <laughs> Got this thing on loop. All right, so uh, Kyle's Bank Segment is brought to you by DraftKings. Um, promo code THPN. Right now you can boost all your bets with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. So make sure you uh, – just think still playing in the background. <laughs> All right, the soundboard's have a little bit of technical difficulties, so I apologize for that. All right, so anyways, uh, some news and notes around the league uh, or around Toronto again. Uh, Nick Robertson has lack of playing time. They haven't sent him down. He's sitting down for a fifth straight game. The coach doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Sheldon Keefe sent this guy down. You're ruining his development. Um, and then I'm just going to throw the other two things quick and then we'll get to the week ahead just before I wrap it up. Uh, Toronto has interest in Frank Fontrano and Connor, excuse me, from uh, Anaheim and Connor Timmins from Arizona. Only issue with Frank Fontrano is he's $3.5 million per year. Half of that, Toronto still probably won't be able to fit in their cap in a perfect world. What are you guys' thoughts? Who should they go for out of those two? Depth forward, extra scoring depth on, uh, sorry, extra scoring depth on forward, extra defense depth. And what's your thoughts on Nick Robertson?
2: Um, well, I I like the Vetrano, um, Vetrano potential trade, but my, my only thing is, do they expect him to come in and play in a top six role? Because from what I've heard, they, they might think that.
0: Probably, it's the least.
2: But, like, is he really the answer for a top six role?
0: No, like... but, um, Toronto's all about those bargain contracts.
2: Yeah, three three point six five over the next three years. So he does. Oh, so he is it'll under, be like one point eight. Yeah. So they'll have to. it's only. 20. That's but, not
0: bad then, really. One point eight for three years.
2: Yeah, that would that wouldn't be bad at all. He's twenty eight, so. Um. Yeah, I'd I'd like like him for sure if if that is retained. Um, Because obviously, we we need that to happen. But uh, I don't really know much about Connor Timmons.
0: I think he's like a, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I think he's like a poor man's Ilya Labushkin. But as you mentioned before, we started this, he has the Sousa Marie connection.
2: We did see that. Played Apparently,
0: he played alongside, um, what's his face there? Rasmus Sandin. So, he's only 24. Um, just try to look here. He only think, played.
2: Was he drafted by Colorado originally?
0: Yeah, first round, yeah.
2: Okay. I think I remember him from the, the World Juniors.
0: Yeah, he could be a little bit better than... um. Than Frankfurt, uh, sorry, Ilya um, Lepushkin, but like offensively, he's only got a total of seven points in his NHL career, but he's only played 41 games. So, um, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, in that one season where he played seven games, sorry, 31 games, he has seven points. He had 22 blocks and 18 hits. So he, I assume that he plays some more defensive style. Um, Scott, what do you think? Uh,
1: if if I had to choose one, I'd probably go Vitrano. Uh, mostly just because on defense, we still have Brody coming back. Plus, we have Mete kind of floating out there waiting to get another chance to come back into the lineup. So we don't really need as much as like, he is a physical defenseman, but the stat you just read. I don't really think we need more defense because we have a couple in the minors who could come up and play bottom pair minutes plus the Brody and Mete still on the the uh, fringes. Brody with an injury, Mete just waiting to get back in the lineup. So I think the extra forward or bumping someone out of the lineup in the case of Vitrano if, if he has a top six guy, I think that would be better suited for us.
0: We also have Adam Gaudet, though. I mean, not that he's a Frank Vitrano, Frank vitrano has got a lethal shot. But it's like at the same time, it's like we also have Adam Goddett who's doing well in the Marlins. Also, just quickly, I don't understand why Anaheim signed him to a three-year deal. Worth? Did they sign him or did they trade for him? They signed him. So they signed him for a th- for a three-year deal and are going to trade him out for the first year.
2: He was on the Rangers last year.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they still signed him this year for three years. No. They did.
1: Not that it. I mean, the three-year, the length thing doesn't really make sense, but in the, the end, it could be a good thing because if he has – I don't know how he's doing so far, but if he picks it up them and, and they move him for prospects or pieces or or uh, drop picks, it'll look like a smart move from the Jams' point of view. Yeah, that's true. Six points but, in uh, Maybe – Six points in 18 that's games? It? Yeah,
2: six 18. points in 18 games, four goals.
1: That's I'm not that bad. I'm curious if you see a world Especially where – Especially
2: on, on Anaheim
0: pitches uh, Nick Robertson and tries to get a Frank Fittrano retention and a John Klinberg retention. No. If Toronto's trading anybody, it's William Nylander.
1: Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't want them to trade Robertson. Yeah, they're like, going to play. Yeah. Saturday. I want Robertson to play, but for some reason he uh, – which is funny because before this one time where Sheldon Kusei doesn't want to talk anymore, It was like he needs to work on his development. He needs to work on the aspects of the games where he's lagging behind. Yada yada yada. But then there's players in the lineup now who don't play a full uh, 300 foot game. Like there's some players who are better than offense than defense. Some players who are better than defense than offense. Some players who, as of this point, playing this season, aren't really good at either. Yet they're still in the lineup. So what? Like how long? How much longer can you use that excuse for Nick Robertson when? There's players who are playing like crap that are given chance after chance after chance.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's it's confusing because and scary because I don't want this to happen to Matthew Nice when he comes to Toronto. Because if it happens, I'm gonna be pissed. Well, look like I at put on Twitter today. every every good prospect Toronto's had gets screwed out of their development. Liligrin is the only one right now in the current current prospect pool that they had that's actually developing, and that's because he went through the whole motion of changing his, like he he changed everything. He was supposed to be an offensive power uh, power play leader, and now he's an offensive style block shots penalty kill guy, and that's because Trump asked him to do that, and he he was able to do it. But Rasmus Sandin, like I think he'd strive uh, for his goals in his development better than. If he's playing in a top four role, maybe an extra four or five minutes a night, rather than playing eleven or ten and getting ripped apart because he makes one mistake. And she's, I don't know, it just it's every one every good prospect that we've had gets screwed down of their development because a coach. And I think okay. the issue with Rasmus yeah. or Sheldon Keefe is because he, I think he's steeped down jealous
1: of Sandine, or just of young I mean, players in general
0: of young players because he he, I think. By like 26, his career was over. So yeah. it's like, maybe he's jealous. Maybe he's trying to do the same things his coach did to him. Like, I don't know, but it just seems very irresponsible on the least part to allow a coach and a GM to, as a management or an, or an ownership group, to allow your coach and GM to basically ruin a player's development. Like, send this guy down. It's almost as bad as the Shane Wright incident, or situation.
1: Yeah. Uh, That's brutal. Two things, and then if Kyle wants to make his point, he can. Um, the the worry about the prospects is a good point because look at Nick uh, Ab- Abruzziti as everybody but Gordon Miller says. Oh, like yeah, last Abruzzizzi. year when he, yeah, last year when he came, like there was so much hype around him, like he was almost hyped as much as uh, Matthew Nyes coming into the lineup, and then. Once he started playing, it just kind of fell off, and now he's in the minors, and it, no one even talks about him potentially being called up or giving a chance. Yeah, and he's playing, like, play, the line. Even line last line minutes. Uh, and two is, at this point in, in time, like, yeah, everybody needs defensive forwards, but, like, Toronto's defense has four goals all year so far. Like I think they're one of the worst teams in the league, even last year, for defense scoring. Why, when you have two young prospects coming up that are offensive-minded defensemen, do you then force them to change their style of play into defensive-minded, when really the only offensive defenseman we had at that point was Morgan Riley? TJ Brody doesn't get a lot of points. Jake Muzzin doesn't really get a lot of points. LaBushkin didn't get a lot of points. Justin Hall's a plug. You should get rid of him um who gets not a lot of points so why then when we have two guys who are coming into the lineup that can be those offensive minded guys and then build around them with defensive focus defensemen do you then force them to change in defensive focus for or defensemen and now the only really guy we have that puts up points and he hasn't really been doing it is morgan riley and jordy ben oh yeah yeah. Yeah. jordy ben yeah I like think that's
0: just, probably it, it because Toronto's used their defensive minded players, defensive minded forwards, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, in or sort of defensemen in a role where they shouldn't be. Like Muzzin, he shouldn't have been playing an offensive style role. He shouldn't have been yeah, like okay. realistically, I think they should have put Sandine on the on the top four all this time and put Muzzin on the in in the bottom pairing. You could still yeah. share their roles, but it's like I feel like Sheldon Hughes a little bit ass backwards in that.
1: So then any logical person would have realized, like Jake Muzzin's more defensive, let's switch the roles around. Put Sandine or Lilligren, give them some development in an offensive-focused situation, and then we can play Muzzin in his strong suit of playing defense. But it just seemed like they didn't do that and said, you guys aren't going to play until you turn into Jake Muzzin and only play defense. And Sandine made the switch, and or Lilligren made the switch, and Sandine really hasn't yet which shouldn't have really happened. They should have been, we're going to give you situations where you could show off your offensive skills, and then we'll help you adjust to your defensive capabilities by putting you with guys who can play defense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Sheldon Keefe doesn't seem that smart, though.
1: Like, I can't even remember the last time. And you could argue, I guess, Morgan Riley. But even then, like, besides that one year where he was up for the North, he hasn't really been that prolific on offense. He's yeah, got no. numerous stupid plays, and he he makes whatever. But like the last offensive, true offensive defenseman we've had, I guess you have to go all the way back to like Brian McCabe, and that was like two thousand what seven when he left.
0: Yeah, I I would argue that I we had this argument before, but I would argue that Thomas Carberry was also offensive.
1: Well, yeah, from a assist standpoint, but I'd say like if you're categorizing Thomas Carberry, I'd feel like people would. Put him as more defensive defenseman as opposed to an offensive guy because, yeah, I feel, I feel while like he was opposite. getting assists I, while he was getting assists. I don't think he was necessarily known as that offensive guy who would control plays.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's the opposite. Like, I feel the opposite between Brian McCabe and him. I feel like Thomas Carplay is more offensive, who led the or power, quarterback the power play, started the breakout rushes, and Brian McCabe was more of the defensive two way player who liked to hit, scored on his own net.
1: Scored maybe. in his own net. Maybe. like I always just viewed it as Cabriolet was more of the, I guess, two-way, but like his game was more tailored to defense because it was always Brian McCabe and other guys who were shooting and scoring on the power play. Well, like, uh, Cabriolet was setting them up and stuff, yeah, but I feel like, I don't know, maybe just me, but I felt like Cabriolet was more two-way defensive and McCabe was more yeah, my offensive. my only
0: argument with that is, like, Thomas Carverway is more like a wish version of Scott Niedermeyer who did the exact same thing and people deemed him offensive. Like, he started to break out quarterback to power play. He just didn't shoot because he had Chris Pronger. So I'm curious to see if it's just me that thinks that or if other people also think, like, what did you think Scott Niedermeyer is offensive or, or
1: two-way? Oh, I mean, I think he was two-way. And even then, like, I was going to continue. Like, I wouldn't even consider really Brian McCabe a true offensive just in that aspect of the team. He was the offensive guy. But, like, I would consider Scott Inouye more two-way than Strictly. Like, when I think offensive, I think, like, Paul Coffee, Richard Park, Bobby Orr.
0: No, Brad Park, not Richard Park.
1: Or, yeah, Brad Park, Richard Park. Richard yeah, Park yeah, yeah. had, like, yeah. three goals. Yeah, Brad Park. <laughs> um, like, uh. Kael McCarr, Eric Carlson. And then there's the two ways, which is like Chris Pronger, Scott Niedermeyer, who can score and put up offense, but are also good on defense. And then there's the defensive, which is like Scott Niedermeyer or Scott Stevens and them. But like Manic. in that situation of the Leafs lineup, I viewed Cabriolet as more of the defensive guy on that pairing. And McCabe is more of the offensive.
0: Yeah, it's just interesting that we like people like the perception you get of, of like how they play and stuff, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. But like, but, okay. back to my original oh, point, it's just, it's just weird to me that they don't allow them or didn't allow them or didn't want them, I guess, to, to play to their strengths and then help them adjust to the defensive aspect as opposed to kind of forcing them into that defensive role and then having them worry about adjusting to the now offensive-minded, uh, situations that they may be put in eventually at some point down the road. Yeah. Hopefully.
0: Hopefully. Um all right.
2: Uh Kyle Garth and Dad. Um to your guys' points? Uh not really. Um just a little quick scoreboard watch though. Um Devils are tied one one. I know we talked about their streak. And Leaf's game is about to start. Yeah, that's what I'm going to
0: – so we got the week ahead quickly. We have Wednesday the 23rd of November, New Jersey, Friday the 25th against Minnesota. That is a 2 p.m. start. Uh, We've got Saturday the 26th, another back-to-back on a weekend versus Pittsburgh. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a Matt Murray start that game because it's Pittsburgh. Um, Monday the 28th against Detroit, that could be the game where we eye a Samsonoff return, potentially a Wednesday the 30th. Uh, November 30th against San Jose. I believe that's in Toronto again because they're not going on a Western Road swing again. You could see, excuse me, you could see Sam Sonov come back for that one. So watch the 28th, 30th. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Shalgren gets a 2 p.m. start just based on him being more of a minor League goalie and Meyer Leagues start earlier sometimes. Maybe he might be used to that 2 p.m. start. Uh, the next 2 p.m. start or thereabouts will probably be the next gen game in December on like the 23rd. I think it's against Carolina typically just before Christmas. Uh, we will be back with you next Thursday, the 20... What day are we on?
1: 21st. We'll be back
0: with you the uh, 1st of December, actually, uh, to bust down the new month, the month of Christmas. Well, for us, month of Hanukkah, month of whatever religion. Um, anyways, yeah, so we'll be with you December 1st, uh, back with you, have more ins and outs of all of the stuff around Toronto. Uh, you guys got anything quick to add? No, I'm good. No? Kyle? I'm good
1: well. Yeah, I'm good.
0: All right. all right, we're going to listen to uh, one more play of this Board of from the ceremony. Have a good week. Good luck tonight to the Leafs. Go, Leafs, go. Oh, and Boris of this one's for you. Boria, all of Leafs Nation loves you. One more time, let's hear it for the great Borea Salming!